Most of us are familiar with the Disney classic tale of the young boy who never grows up, his band of lost boys, and the vengeful Captain Hook. What many don't know is the dark, twisted, and slightly disturbing true story behind the tale of Peter Pan. What is up, Ewu crew? The story of Peter Pan was written over 100 years ago, and as is the case with many other Disney movies, the origins of this beloved story are rather grim when the innocent veil of Disney pixie dust is removed. Though the story is one of a mischievous boy, magical fairies, and vast adventure, the author's inspiration was anything but uplifting. Be warned, the true tale may ruin how you watch Peter Pan from now on. In 1860, James Matthew Barry was born in Scotland. As an adult, he would go on to write The Little White Bird in 1902, which was the first time that Peter Pan made an appearance on the page. But the difficulties of Barry's childhood would spark the first embers of his vision for Peter Pan. Though an inspiring tale about good ultimately conquering evil, Barry's inspiration for Peter Pan came from a real-life tragedy. Growing up, Barry had an older brother, David, who he was constantly compared to, a golden child, who, as their mother's favorite, ensured that Barry never quite measured up. As the older brother, David was considered to be the picture-perfect son to their parents. That is, until tragedy befell the family. When David was 13, he was in a disastrous accident while ice skating. He had been hit by another skater and fell, cracking his skull against the ice. Even though he initially survived, David's brain had been severely damaged by the fall. He eventually passed away, but not before young Barry, only six at the time, watched his adored older brother fade away. The loss of the family's favorite child left deep emotional scars, especially for Barry, as he had looked up to and admired his brother. As Barry grew up, he eventually surpassed his brother's age, and the ensuing trauma led to him fixating on the idea that his brother would never grow up. No matter how old he became, all of his memories of David stopped when he was 13. It took years for Barry to reconcile the fact that he would continue to age, but his brother never grew up, and in some ways, he never got over this loss. It was the death of his brother and Barry's inability to cope with the trauma that first created the root of the idea for Peter Pan. Allegedly, creating Peter Pan helped to bring comfort to Barry, as the story created a place where his brother, who never aged, could live. This dark theme is an undertone in all his later stories. As an adult, Barry was still coping with the trauma of his brother's untimely passing, and he went on to have an unsuccessful marriage to Mary Ansel. It was through this marriage that Barry came to the realization that he was unlike the other men around him. It has been suggested that they never consummated their relationship. In a story Barry wrote about Ansel, 
He said that he had wanted to be able to love her, but that he felt there was a curse on him that prevented him from caring about her romantically. He was married once more, but both relationships ended without any children of his own. Seeming to stem from his trauma surrounding the death of his brother, Barry grew to have what many have deemed a disturbing obsession with young boys, something else that may have sparked his inspiration for Peter Pan. His interest in young boys culminated in 1889, when 37-year-old Barry came across a group of kids in the Kensington Gardens, London. Four- and five-year-old George and Jack Llewellyn Davies were walking through the park with their nanny when Barry became fixated on them. Barry's dog, who he was walking through the park and who later became the inspiration for Nana and Peter Pan, ran up to the boys and started playing with them. Allegedly, he became friends with the children after he met their parents, Sylvia and Arthur, as well as their other three sons, Peter, Michael, and Nico. Strangely, the unsuspecting parents allowed a grown man to befriend their five young sons and even started to allow him frequently into their lives. The boy's father, Arthur, was reportedly uncomfortable with Barry's attention on his children. But Sylvia was enamored by Barry, and so it was through her he was able to gain access to the boys. Many modern scholars say in hindsight that any distrust the family may have harbored towards Barry was overshadowed by his wealth and status. Jack himself would later proclaim that Sylvia enjoyed the fame Barry brought to the family through the story of Peter Pan, saying that she wore her children as other women wear pearls or fox furs. The Llewellyn Davies children soon began to refer to Barry as their Uncle Jim, though he was technically a total stranger. While still married to his first wife, she and Barry would accompany the Llewellyn Davies family on vacations to his own estate, where Barry would spend much of his time playing with the children. It was during these vacations that the first concrete pieces of Peter Pan came together, most likely building off of the distress Barry still housed at losing his brother so young. Barry claimed his interest in the young boys stemmed from a need to protect their innocence. However, his relationships with the Llewellyn Davies children created jealousy among the siblings, especially when he appeared to have favoritism for five-year-old George, which then switched later to Michael. It is still argued by historians about whether or not Barry's affection for the young Llewellyn Davies boys played a part in the downfall of his marriages, especially his lack of consummation in either. There is evidence that can be interpreted to show that Barry's position as Uncle Jim was rather sinister. Dated the day before Michael's eighth birthday in 1908, Barry wrote him a secret letter. In it, he wrote, I wish I could be with you and your candles. You can look on me as one of your candles, the one that burns badly, the greasy one that is bent in the middle. But still, hooray, I am Michael's candle. I wish I could see you putting on the redskin clothes for the first time. Dear Michael, I am very fond of you, but don't tell anybody. 
It almost goes without saying that many parents would be extremely uncomfortable and alarmed to find a letter written from a grown man to their child, especially as he explicitly told Michael not to tell anyone about its contents. However, during this period in history, it wasn't unusual for families to adopt unmarried young men as unrelated uncles to the family. These uncles often had very close relationships with the children, something that would likely make us uncomfortable today. In Barry's case, though, he didn't exactly fit the typical uncle role, as he was much older than usual uncles by 20 years, because he was in his mid-40s by this time, and he had also been married twice. For this reason, Barry's attention and involvement in the boys' lives is unusual then and now. For those who claim that Barry had no unpleasant desires for the young boys, much of their claim hinges on their desire to not sully the story and world that Barry later created. Though they didn't have the term for it then, most of the people in Barry's life described his behavior as what we would call asexual, and his supporters today hold on to this belief. Often, arguments surrounding historical figures who are later revealed to have fascinations with children center on whether or not these grown men are children at heart themselves, and therefore not predators as our modern minds may believe. For Barry, his defenders claim that his interest in the Llewellyn Davies children stemmed from his own desire to relive his childhood without the dark shadow of his brother's death. Nicholas Llewellyn Davies, the youngest of the boys, was later asked about Barry's sexuality and if he had ever shown any inappropriate behavior towards the boys. Nicholas said, I don't believe that Uncle Jim ever experienced what one might call a stirring in the undergrowth for anyone, man, woman, adult, or child. He was an innocent. Despite this claim, some have pointed to other clues to indicate that perhaps not everything was as innocent as Nicholas tried to explain. Before we dig deep into these clues, it is important to remember that there is no existing proof of Barry ever acting on his affection or alleged attraction to any of the Llewellyn Davies boys. The first clue was Barry's story, The Little White Bird. The boy's roles and the inspiration for Barry was no secret as he dedicated his play to all five, saying in his later play's preface, I suppose I always knew that I made Peter by rubbing the five of you violently together. That is all he is, the spark I got from you. The first story was vastly different from the later Disney adaption, and it contains hints that perhaps Barry's affection wasn't completely innocent. In the original tale, there was no Neverland or pirates. Peter Pan used a goat for transportation, and he traveled to the Kensington Gardens in London, where he lived with both fairies and birds. Peter himself was described as betwixt and between a human boy and bird, meaning he was a little bit of both. But beyond these differences, the story of the little white bird has a disturbing semi-autobiographical plot. 
Barry wrote the tale of a grown man who grew to be enamored with a young boy named David, seemingly named after his own brother. Much of the plot revolves around this man's desire to take the boy away from his mother after his own son died. As a ploy to become friends with a child, the man makes up the story of Peter Pan. At one point, the man becomes excited and exclaims that he can, quote, take David utterly from her and make him mine. The autobiographical aspect of this tale comes from Barry's own relationship and interest in George Llewellyn Davies. To modern ears, this story is certainly creepy, as it sounds like a grown man's desire to kidnap a child. Yet, at the same time, no one batted an eye, and the Llewellyn Davies family was not alarmed as they assumed no one could have such sinister thoughts about a child. Barry then wrote a play in 1904 based on the story titled Peter Pan, or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up. In this version, more of the Disney elements were introduced, including the Darling Family, Tinkerbell, and the Lost Boys. But Disney chose to ignore some of the darker elements of the story, though they couldn't escape them entirely. In both the book and plays, Barry wrote, Peter Pan can actually be seen as a heartless villain rather than the hero of the story. Peter Pan rarely shows empathy for the other characters, even when he often puts them in mortal danger and only ever saves them as a way to show off how clever he is. As the perpetual child, Peter Pan is selfish and rarely kind. The story even remarks that Peter Pan is gay and innocent and heartless. As well, death and murder run rampant through Neverland, and Peter Pan is often at the heart of it, mercilessly killing pirates as well as his lost boys. The book remarks that Peter Pan had to, quote, thin the herd of the lost boys, implying that when they begin to grow up, as it is against the rules of Neverland, he kills them. Even if he doesn't kill them, thinning out the herd could refer to their banishment or being shunned, which is still quite dark. Beyond literally stealing these boys away from their homes and then possibly killing them, Peter Pan also frequently becomes confused with what is real and what is fake in Neverland, leaving his lost boys without food and refusing to feed them when they complain of being hungry. He frequently treats them as his play objects, allowing them to die or become injured when they play battle. The story goes that Peter Pan tells the other characters that every breath they take in Neverland kills an adult in the real world, followed by Peter taking rapid, intentional breaths, clearly trying to kill off as many grown-ups as possible. It's safe to say that Disney intentionally left these dark pieces out of their child-friendly movie. But still, the remnants of the selfish Peter Pan remain. One may expect a villain like Captain Hook to have a dark backstory in his creation, but he was only included once the play began rehearsals, as Barry saw that there was an awkward pause during the setup of the stage between acts. Hook was first introduced because his pirate ship would cover the front of the stage and later evolved into Peter Pan's vengeful enemy. 
There is no denying that though Barry may have created the concept of a child who never ages based on his brother, Peter Pan himself was inspired by Michael Llewellyn Davies. In a photograph of Michael and Barry, they are seen playing together, Barry dressed as Captain Hook and Michael as Peter Pan. Another clue that appears to indicate that perhaps Barry's affection for the five boys was not entirely innocent is that after their father died in 1907 from jaw cancer, and then their mother Sylvia of lung cancer in 1910, Barry allegedly altered her will in order to take the children himself. At the time, Barry was 50 years old and eager to take the guardianship of the boys. He has been accused of altering the will from Sylvia's intention of having her sister Jenny and their live-in nanny, along with two others, care for the children until they were grown. In the original will, Barry was only mentioned as one of the secondary caregivers, so we can assume that Sylvia didn't want him to be the guardian of her boys. Barry has been accused of doctoring the original will when he created a copy to send to the boy's grandmother, writing Jimmy over Jenny, as his first name of James was often shortened to Jimmy. By rewriting the will, he became the boy's caretaker, and they lived with him for years. Despite Sylvia's wishes, he refused to share guardianship with her sister or the boy's nanny. Though he may have been a good caregiver, Barry's wish to immortalize the Llewellyn Davies boys in the never-aging character of Peter Pan didn't parallel reality, as rather than maintaining the innocent, youthful joy they once had, Many of the boys met tragic fates. George, the boy who had once been the center of Barry's affection, died as a soldier in 1915 at only 21 during World War I. Following his brother's death, Michael and Barry became extremely close, just as Michael was reported to start behaving as though troubled and antisocial. Michael was only 20 in 1921, when he died from drowning alongside a friend he had made while attending Eton College. As the bodies were found clutching each other, it has been rumored since that the two young men were actually lovers and had made a pact to take their lives after realizing that they could not be together. After hearing the news of the drowning, author D.H. Lawrence allegedly wrote to Barry's ex-wife, quipping, J.M. Barry has a fatal touch for those he loves. They die. John died at 65 from lung disease in 1959, and Peter died the following year after taking his own life at age 63 by stepping in front of a tube train. Throughout his life, Peter had made an effort to destroy any of the letters that had been sent between his brother Michael and Barry, reportedly saying that they were too much. It is because of his determination that we are unsure today about what may have transpired between the two. Only the one letter that survived has been verified, the one concerning birthday candles. Peter's son later revealed that the man had been mercilessly mocked his entire life for his association with the adventure-loving Peter Pan, who Barry named after him. Peter reportedly suffered from alcoholism as a response to the unwanted fame, 
and it may have led to his later decision to take his life. It is reported that sometime before his death, Peter spoke that there was, quote, something rather deplorable about Barry's relationship to the Llewellyn Davies boys. Only Nicholas managed to avoid a tragic ending by living until 77 and dying of natural causes. Barry himself had been utterly devastated to lose both George and Michael by the time that he himself succumbed to pneumonia in 1937 at age 77. A line in Peter Pan appears to sum up the tragedy of its own author's life, the Llewellyn Davies boys, and even the death of David Barry. All children except one grow up. <laughs> 